This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show, and today's show is all about taxes, how they can really lead to some unpleasant surprises after retirement, and some of the opportunities and potential advantages of becoming better tax diversified. I'm joined today by Brad Allen, Jared Sharkey. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing well. Hello, everyone. What do you think? Baseball's back on. And Love it. Yeah, it's the best time of year. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, spring has sprung. Are, are they still doing like the spring training or we, have we kind of missed that at this you know, point? I, I don't know. I know that they push back the time for opening day a little bit. I think I we're think, underway. Right? Yeah. yeah. Getting there, huh? Yeah. There was that question mark there for a while. Mm-hmm. I've been focusing the lockout. on the, uh, the Bucks, you know, for right now. Yep. Good stuff. Good I stuff. Uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. But really excited about today's show because this tax diversification can be really important for anyone who's nearing retirement. The reason is a majority of retirees have most, if not all of their savings in traditional IRAs, 401ks, other tax deferred retirement plans. And it's really not unusual for us to meet with the new family who's done such a great job accumulating money for retirement that he or she has a million dollar 401k. Now that's quite an achievement, but it's important to recognize that 150, 300,000, or even more of that balance really isn't yours. It's owed to Uncle Sam. So let's put this tax deferred liability into proper perspective. A lot of people have worked hard on their home mortgage, getting that paid off by the time they retire, so they don't have a lot of debt hanging over their heads once their paychecks stop. But if you're like most people who are close to retirement or have already retired, it's important to understand that your mortgage is likely not your biggest debt. Instead, it's what you owe Uncle Sam from all the taxes you're forced to pay as you take withdrawals from your tax-deferred retirement accounts. And the truly frightening part is that Uncle Sam can always decide that he wants more of what you have, right? All he has to do is pass a, you know, the good old folks in Washington pass a little tax increase on us and you have even more taxes being taken out. And that can really uh, shorten up the longevity of your portfolio. And that's probably the primary concern that so many folks have. And one of the things that we do is a great comparison. We say, well, what if you just leave it in that tax deferred account? We know at 72, Uncle Sam comes knocking and says, time for required minimum distributions. So we'll pick an age, let's assume you live to 90, and we'll calculate the tax bill on your required minimum distributions over the years compared to implementing tax strategies. I think a lot of people are shocked to see what that total tax bill is over, say, a 20 or 30 year retirement. And I think the more you're concerned about the potential for higher rates and the impact of future taxes, the more you really need to understand the possible benefits of tax diversification. Now, let's face it, if we had a simpler tax system in this country, there would likely be little value to gain from tax diversification. Unfortunately, our system is extremely complicated and because it is, the potential benefits of tax diversification should not be ignored by anyone who's currently retired or approaching retirement. To better appreciate some of the opportunities that can be gained by diversifying your exposure to taxation, you don't need to look any further than the first page of your federal income tax return. 
Notice there's not one single line where you enter all your income. Instead, there are more than a dozen different lines on the 1040 form where income is entered based on the source of income. The reason for these different lines is your income could be treated much differently for tax purposes depending on its source. Some sources like wages and distributions from a retirement account are most likely 100% taxable. But when the Social Security kicks in, depending on your income, again, the maximum taxable portion is up to 85%, whereas capital gains and dividend dividend income rates typically are less, and other sources of income like municipal bonds and qualified distributions from Roth IRAs are entirely free from taxes. I just love the sound of that tax-free. It's got a nice ring to it. If your income can range from being 100% taxable to 100% tax-free or anything in between, then the amount of taxes you pay can have every bit as much to do with the source of your income as it, it can do with the total amount of your income. Yeah, you know, and when we meet with new clients, we often ask them what they believe will be their greatest expense in retirement. You know, the typical answers are things like cost of housing or what we'll spend on healthcare, or maybe even traveling. People want to travel all over, over the world, those things. But after developing a comprehensive income plan and taking a closer look at potential income taxes, a lot of these folks are shocked to find out that their taxes might in fact end up being their largest expense. And when you call us today and, and schedule a consultation, we can help you better understand how many taxes you'll pay, what kind of tax rates will you be in. We'll, we'll let you know taxes today are going to look different in the future. What is that going to mean for you in your retirement? A, a key question for a lot of people often centers around the idea that taxes they pay are inevitable and little can be done to change this. Many people mistakenly believe that the, the sole determining factor concerning the amount of taxes they pay is tied directly to the amount of their income. What we tell our clients is instead it's the source of their income. Where is that income coming from that could have the greatest impact on your taxes in the long run? You know, you could have two different types of people. You could have two different people that they each have $100,000 of income but their taxes that they're paying are, are subsequently the amount they have remaining after taxes to spend can be much different depending on the sources of their income. And even if one of these folks has less income, you can't necessarily conclude that they'll be paying less taxes than the other person that has more income. To a certain degree, the amount of tax that each will be required to pay has a great deal to do with those sources of where the, that money's coming from. What type of account is it? For example, consider two people. You have George, he has $120,000 of income, and then you have Cheryl that has 95,000. Assuming they each had the same identical expenses, which would have more money to spend? Who would have more money to spend after those expenses? It's not possible to know the answer until you know the sources of their income. Even though George has the highest income, if it all came from traditional IRAs that are 100% taxable, he might actually have less to spend than Cheryl if all of her income came from some source that was tax-free. You know, if a portion of the person's income were from long-term capital gains, a non-qualified account, the amount left after taxes will change significantly if those stocks were held in a traditional 401k account that's 100% taxable compared to if they held it in a brokerage account that they're just paying capital gains taxes, whether it's short-term or long-term, depending on how long they've had it in there for. Great points, Brad. And I, and I really think, you know, it, it just drives the point that it's about the source of income. Right. I think so many people kind of get fixating on what the big number is. 
and, and that big, I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but that big number is really dependent on how much you get to keep, how much is left for spending after you pay Uncle Sam. And, you know, combine your Social Security with enough income from any tax-deferred accounts like a 403B, 401K, or traditional IRA, and not only is 100% of your retirement account money taxable, but you might find that up to 85% of your Social Security is also taxable. Whereas if that Social Security income was combined with the proceeds of a Roth IRA, your tax bill could be zero, even though your total income was effectively the same. So did these examples mean you should start a Roth IRA today or switch your retirement savings to some other type of financial instrument? Of course not. We're not accountants. We're not CPAs. You want to work with a qualified professional. But instead, the point really here is that it's important to understand that not all sources of retirement income are treated the same for tax purposes, which is why it's really essential to consider the potential benefits of diversifying your future income sources when you develop your retirement income plan. And one thing, you know, I, maybe it's a silly way to say it, Jared, but you know, we don't want folks to be a one trick pony. Yeah. I mean, really who wants to see a pony doing the same trick over and over. And it's really no different when you're putting together a comprehensive retirement and income plan. Uh, you have all these different income sources in retirement and they're all going to be taxed a little bit differently. And, and you might look at that as a tax wise income strategy. Uh, but most people aren't indeed tax diverse and many end up reaching retirement with disproportionate amount of their income coming from social security and traditional 401ks and IRAs as well as other tax postponed retirement plans. It's really not unusual to find a person within retirement that has up to 95% of his total savings in a 401k or an IRA. That's the one trick pony that we're talking about uh, in their savings and that's understandable considering that we are rewarded with a post Pwned taxation every time we make a contribution to a traditional 401k or other retirement plan throughout our working working years. And, and it's easy to forget that these taxes are, they're only postponed and that after we retire and start taking withdrawals from the accounts, 100% of that money in those accounts are going to be taxed at current income. Traditional retirement planning has dictated that it's okay to postpone taxes because you'll probably be in a lower tax bracket after you retire. But what this assumption proves to be wrong is instead that your tax rates remain the same or they might actually possibly go up in the future. Uh, we know they're going up in 26, but with all the government spending, could certainly see them going even higher. Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. Great points, Jared. And, and you know, we really need to think about these various, you know, tax strategies and, and where your income's coming from. And I think one of the common things that's I don't know why I call it a mistake, but a misnomer that people make is that they say, well, that's great, Tony. I, you know, I, I get it about the Roth, but that just wasn't available when I was working, right? And, and you know, that I, I can't do it. I can't have a Roth IRA because I don't have earned income or maybe my income was so high I couldn't contribute. But what we can do is Roth conversion. So anybody can have an IRA. And I think, you know, if we think about the two primary tax deductions that folks had during their working years, 
oftentimes we lose that in retirement. One deduction is from those contributions made to 401ks and IRAs. Once you're retired, most people stop contributing to these plans. So these tax deductions on these contributions stop as well. The second deduction is the interest we write off on home mortgage payments. But because many people are in such a hurry to get their mortgages paid off, they reach retirement with little or no remaining tax deduction. And also think about it. One of the big changes we saw in this last tax cut, you know, in a previous administration was one where the standard deduction went up. But that meant most of us couldn't itemize anymore. So if you're putting 10 or $20 in a basket at church or to your favorite charity, you know, you can't even write that off. So when you combine the losses of these tax deductions with the possibility for, you know, future increase in tax rates that might be looming on the horizon, it might be wise to rethink the logic of relying on 401ks and IRAs and other tax deferred retirement accounts. The problem is the progressive nature of our tax system that that creates an issue for a lot of retirees that the more successful you are in accumulating large balances in those 401ks and IRAs, the more likely that you are to withdraw from these accounts. And that might nudge you from the 12% bracket to the 22% bracket, or maybe 24 to 32 or 35 to 37. I think we've all experienced it, right? Maybe mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, somebody said, you know, Brad, put as much as you can in that tax deferred 401k, because when you retire, you'll be in such a tiny tax bracket, you'll barely pay anything. Well, we've met lots of folks in their 70s that have Social Security that's taxable, have a taxable pension. Uncle Sam's forcing them to take required minimum distributions. That's taxable income, whether they want to take the money out of the retirement account or not. Right. And now with this new tax code, they've lost the deductions. Oftentimes, people find themselves in a higher tax bracket than they've ever been in their working career. And, you know, the other thing we have to think about, Brad, is the tax and spend trap. Yeah, you know, and then more often, Tony, than not, I do see it where a lot of people, because taxes are scheduled to go up in 2026, just if they were, if they had the same income coming in today as they do then, they're still going to be in a higher tax bracket potentially, right? So that's that's really important. So that tax, tax and spend trap, when a retiree finds himself moving up into higher tax brackets, it's a vicious circle. It's a cycle that is often set into motion. You know, as our tax rates increase, you find you have less spendable income. Uh, this might force you to withdraw even more money from your traditional 401k at a, a faster rate than what you had anticipated. Greater withdrawals result in increases in your taxable income, which can lead you to a higher tax rate and less spendable income. In this cycle, it just seems to never stop. The wild card in this out-of-control tax and spend merry-go-round is its potential impact on the taxation of your Social Security benefits. Not all of those, uh, not only are those IRAs, the traditional 401ks, the traditional IRAs, those are all 100% taxable. The more you take from those accounts, the greater that a higher percentage of your Social Security benefit is going to become taxable up to at the at the most 85%, right? So you have to realize the more income you have, the more they're going to tax Social Security, which could put you into a higher tax bracket as well. So you want to project out for that. 
I think that's part that people may tend to not even kind of connect the dots on. You know, if you're implementing, especially if we can meet you early in retirement, say 60, and we're implementing a Roth conversion strategy, and if we have assets otherwise that we can delay Social Security so we can get 6% growth to full retirement, then 8% growth to age 70, right? Maybe we kick that Social Security down the road because you're healthy, you have longevity on your side, and we get some of that converted over, if you can keep more of your Social Security because none of it's taxable or a smaller percentage, boy, we don't need to take as much out of our nest egg. Voila, our money lasts longer, right? Because we're taking a smaller percentage out of our nest egg. So we start to answer that big question, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? And so, Jared, we're talking a lot today about tax diversification. And So, you know, what are the benefits of that? Yeah, it's a great question, Tony. And it is a little bit of a whirlwind of a, of a process that Brad described. And, and there's a lot of strategy involved. So in uh, one of those being tax diversification, and it's a strategy that starts by considering the various ways that different investment accounts are taxed and then structures multiple retirement income streams in conjunction with a tax efficient withdrawal strategy. Under certain circumstances, when it's done properly, several significant benefits could be yours. You might have a greater flexibility with how your structure and your future retirement income is driven. You might gain more control over the taxes you pay and the timing to when you will pay those taxes. And you could find that it can help make your retirement savings last even longer. We always talk about these three different buckets that they can go in and, and they're all taxed a little bit differently. And, and I'll elaborate on the first two and I'll save the last one for Tony because he, he gets so excited. About That's it, my but, favorite. Yeah, I'll save it for you. We're but, teasing uh, him a little bit with <laughs> What's it's a coming? Of a teaser. Uh, that first one, though, is going to be that tax deferred bucket. That's the one we've talked about most of the shows so far. Uh, the four hundred one ks, the IRAs. That's all tax deferred, and and you get that incentive to contribute to those throughout your working years, and and you get that accumulation and growing on that taxable amount. Uh, but the problem is, is you get to retirement and the IRS comes knocking. And as you start to draw on that for income, 100% is taxable. So though that's a viable bucket to use to help grow your retirement, it can be a little bit tricky on how you actually take that income out. We'll move on to that second bucket where it's your current, you've already paid the income or you've already paid the taxes on the money going into it. Uh, something like an individual account, brokerage account, your savings account at the bank. You can have those invested in the market and there are some tax advantages to them. Uh, they'll grow. You have a cost basis. You get some of that uh, capital gains tax, which tends to be lower than current income. And those are both great buckets, but the, really what brings it all together is that third bucket that Tony will talk about. Let's talk about it. It's my favorite. It's what I refer to as the tax advantage bucket. In this bucket, you'll find financial vehicles that are funded with after-tax dollars, where your earnings or growth accumulates on a tax-deferred basis. But when you meet the right conditions, accumulations can be accessed income tax free that just has a great ring to it the accounts have this structure if managed properly are like roth iras and sometimes even a cash value of uh that you've accumulated in certain types of life insurance policies you might own there's some strategies where we can access those income tax free and an additional potential ta tax advantage of these is you know tap that properly 
get that tax-free. It might also reduce the amount of taxes you're paying on Social Security. Again, you don't have to take as much money out of your nest egg. So since each of these three buckets have its, has its own advantages and disadvantages, you really want to balance. Spreading your retirement dollars among these accounts can give you long-term flexibility. If you're in retirement or rapidly approaching, say, saying, Tony, I'm like most Americans, everything's in that tax-deferred bucket. Don't worry. There's some great strategies for most of us where we can start to diversify. So, Brad, you know, what is a tax-efficient withdrawal strategy? If you're like most people, the day you stop working marks that day that you're going to need to start tapping into your retirement accounts to replace your lost income. So if you are tax diversified and you have sufficient money in all the, these three different buckets as described, you have greater control when it comes to deciding the timing and the order in which the withdrawal, uh, how you're going to take money out of these buckets. You know, what account makes the most sense? What risk level are they at? All those things matter. While the optimal withdrawal order could mean you have more money in your pocket, the wrong order might instead put more money in Uncle Sam's pocket. Nobody wants that. But there is not one optimal strategy for everybody. You know, the, it's going to be different depending on who you are, what your scenario is. When we put a retirement plan together, it is not a cut and dry, you know, every plan looks the same. Everybody's going to be a little bit different depending on their goals, what type of accounts they have, what strategy makes the most sense. So just imagine, you know, one person might find uh, that her best withdrawal order would be to first take all the money from her currently taxable bucket, followed by her tax deferred bucket, and only then she would tap into her tax advantage bucket. While another person gains the greatest benefit by following a strategy where he taps into his tax deferred bucket first during the years when he's in a lower tax bracket, and then later on taps into his other buckets that he has and maybe turns social security on those kind of things. So that, there's a lot of variables here to consider. It's safe to say that there's not one that applies to everybody. If you're not tax diversified and instead you have all of your retirement funds located in one single bucket, you simply don't have the ability to tap the other buckets to potentially enjoy a more efficient alternative uh, withdrawal strategy. Now, that can be changed though, right? There are things you can do today that could benefit you, especially while taxes are lower. And you know, Brad, we've been doing this for many years. I've literally helped hundreds maybe even thousands of families at this point with retirement planning. And many of these people have worked with brokers or previous advisors in the past. And while some may have done a great job helping to grow your retirement account balances, they may have helped with the investments. It's pretty rare that I meet with a new client who's properly tax diversified. In fact, it's pretty typical that just about every penny, you know, has the, every person, I should say, has every penny in their retirement savings in just one bucket, the 401k, the IRA, or some other traditional tax-deferred retirement plan. And this means when it comes to turning on savings, starting to take out income, your only choice results in 100% of your income being taxed. It also places you at the mercy of the tax rates in Washington, right? They can simply raise the rates and there's nothing you can do. So before you let more time go by, it might be a good idea to stop and ask yourself if you're properly diversified or do you find yourself in a position where most, if not all of your retirement savings has been allocated to one single tax bucket? If so, do yourself a favor take a look at that. There might be better strategies to consider. Find yourself a good advisor, a good CPA, a good fiduciary that's really going to help you diversify 
your savings into different types of tax buckets so you can implement much more effective tax strategies. We certainly appreciate you joining us and listening to the show. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.